I'm James. I'm Stephen. And I'm Nolan. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to the Big Game Bucket List. So we are joined today by the fabulous Nolene O'Hagan. Uh, Nolene will be giving us an insight into gay parenting, having reared and is still rearing our very own James. She really is. She really is. So James, tell us, what have you been up to since our last pod? Oh, I went to Monto's for breakfast, which as you know is a kind of a, a bit of a, a ritual at this stage. It certainly um, is. After after you've been out the night before for a few drinks and and I'm just honestly the I I like it. It's like you know it's it, it's it's nothing fancy. It's a proper you know greasy spoon full Irish breakfast. Fine, but what the fuck is with their till management? I swear to God, you get up there and so you if you're trying to tell this as a relatable story, James, most people wouldn't have been there. Okay, but I can make it relatable because you people understand relatable. how annoying it is when you're standing at the till and like it's like taking them seventy five fucking hours to like. So it's se- taking them usually long time. Like, it's every single time you're in there, it is actually. So like we, so myself, myself and my flat, I went up this morning. We had two full Irish breakfasts and two coffees. Very simple order. Four items. We were, we were going up to pay and. It was kind of like your man came over and like honestly he turned the till on and he's like plop, 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 like typing away for like a, like as if he was like writing a novel for for a good for a good four minutes and then he was like oh that's nine euro and I was like no I, I know it's not nine euro because it's like it should it should be anyway I knew it wasn't because I knew how much it should cost from the, from reading the menu and I was like I'm not even going to challenge this but every time you do it it's, it's like it's like as if it's like as if they, they it's like if there's no actual computer screen. Yeah. Then at one stage, he was on the till. It's just a clipboard. I, 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 he, was, he was on the till for ages. And then he went into a drawer and got like a calculator out. And then came back and started typing in the calculator. And I was like... The till should be able to do it. Split yeah, function, but, yeah. But, but no, but like, what? Like, it, what wasn't even like it, was a, it wasn't even like a complicated order because it was like literally, what's the, the total thing. figure Split divided by two? <laughs> 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 um, no, I get it. It's so annoying with shit like that. It yeah. should work easy, and it doesn't work easy. But, but also, how much was? It, how much should it have been? I I think it should have been like seven sixty. Like it's a real good value place. I got a half. It is very good value. I got like I got the the half full Irish, and I got a um, and I got a, 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 a cappuccino. What which, I will say, so I also was in Montos about an hour before you, um, and I had my own. So I had whatever I had, my usual. Uh, we won't mention what it is. Um, but, sauce to <laughs> to <laughs> but literally, uh, so like that, um, I usually get that without orange juice. So I got it with orange juice today. Oh God, I'd say they melted down. But, like, so usually mine comes to about four quid. Today it was 11 something. I was like, that has to be wrong. <laughs> so when I looked at the till receipt, it wasn't wrong. It's just that the orange juice is like ridiculously expensive. <laughs> I know it's like a fancy orange juice machine, but it's ridiculously expensive. Really? Because I got orange juice there, and I swear to God, I got it for like two euro. Yeah, no, Cause no, because I because I went there, I went there, I went there for for lunch one day, uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I got an orange juice with my lunch, and the sandwich was like was like, two hundred euro. <laughs> the sandwich was like was like eight euro on the menu, but when I went up to pay, they tried to charge me like a fiver. I'm like. <laughs> They obviously, they, but what I will say to correlate your story is that I ate on my own, so there was obviously only one till, well, one um, receipt, and it took them about sixteen minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and it like sounds that, like uh, the unusual things are expensive. It'd be like you know, a glass of water is a euro, but the ice no, but cubes see, mine, are four euro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's very easy. What I get off the menu is one euro each per item. Yeah, it's very easy. No, absolutely. Like you, you, you. The orange juice can't be sixty euro. <laughs> <laughs> It does remind me of a woman I used to work with uh, in the canteen from years ago, and she used to just charge random amounts every day. <laughs> oh, yeah. That looks, it looks about yeah. You look like you should pay about ten euros yeah, for that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But no, because and, and, and this is this is not me. You know, I, this is a co-host catch-up section. It's not. It's not a coming for the for. I live for Montos. I think it's great. I love heading around there, knocking around after you've got uh, been out for a few drinks, and it's great to like you know have the chats and catch up with people. It's 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 sort of like our almost our, our central perk. Uh, in, it in, is in, actually, in, a, yeah. in a way, um, 
but but I just I just don't understand how I just don't understand because they have like this really huge till. <laughs> it's like, it's I love how you're sort of going crazy now about the till. Like it, it's it's annoying, yeah, and I get it, and I correlated your story, but like there's no need to be like you're shaking practically with temper. <laughs> <laughs> you people are going to make me sound like that. I, I, uh, I get irrationally angry with things like that too. Like, So first of all, queuing annoys me. Yeah. Like, So I want them to come down to the so, table with a card machine and let me just tap for something. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I agree. Yeah, I'm, I'm very spoiled, but tills and people, and it should be straightforward. It should be just tap, tap, yeah. tap, give me total. So queuing doesn't bother me. What bothers me is that people that don't know how to queue properly. That's yeah. a, That more so. So if I'm in a queue with like five people and one person cuts in, doesn't know where it is, like I'm too nice to say no, get out of the queue. That's what annoys me with yeah. queue. It's not the actual you have to queue. Uh, yeah, I I suppose I I do get annoyed when people when people either don't like people who don't um, aren't organised and ready to go when they get to the till at the top of the queue, or when people are confusedly wandering kind of in and out. I think about. what I think what happened happens to me is having worked in service industry in the past, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and I'm looking at it going. This, you, you could be doing this yeah. much yes. more streamlined of why are you, you've got one person over there doing that it just makes no sense I could be already gone yeah. do you know what I mean so the yeah. type of profession I'm in I have to dial over to like a, a company every single day up to 15-20 times a day and there's one particular person that works on their service team that every single time she answers the phone she has to it's as if she has to finish something else off so she's always oh can you just bear with me so I'm like don't pick up the phone just pick up the phone when you're ready. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't pick up the phone and then finish your task. Yeah. It's very annoying. Um, but just to, to close off on the, the Montos information. No, 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 no we should keep talking about it for now. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I go, I, I notice it particularly in there because nowadays, especially with TAP, usually paying is so simple and especially people Too are so simple, used to splitting yeah. splitting bills so it's kind of like you know you go up there and they're almost expecting you to do it and it tends to be just like tap tap there you go whatever it is when you tap your phone you yeah. tap your card so it just really grinds my gears when I go in there because I always know when I'm sitting down to order that I'm going to be waiting at the till <laughs> for like 75 years and who knows what I'm going to be charged for. So the, the paying takes longer than the eating. Yes. Well, to be fair, I went in and sat down, gave my order within 60 seconds. My food was on, on the table this morning. Oh. But I'd like that. I actually waited longer to get the bill standing there. Than well, I so you probably started food. cooking what you were ordering before you ordered it. You probably they can see me across the road. <laughs> like, they know Get the four sausages <laughs> in the oven. <laughs> it was very quiet though. And yeah, yeah it necessarily it, it, it started getting busy by the time I got in. See, mass. It's the jet people were ahead of mass. No, going for their... Genuinely. That's why I went up and I went up. I'm just not a very attractive men with children though. Yeah, there really is, but they're sort of. Yeah, no, there's, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's kind of part of it. It is, yeah. Tracksuit bottoms and bonus. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oof. And the accent. You look like mm, a yeah. daddy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hello, daddy. Oh. <laughs> oh, that reference won't make sense for a couple of months. <laughs> oh, it'll get there. Oh. Um, but tell me, what have you been up to? So, I went to Montos this morning. <laughs> I actually did though genuinely no, yeah, I'm yeah. so glad I missed you <laughs> yeah. um, no something really bizarre happened so I went to um, I went shopping after I went to Montos and um, there was a particular gentleman standing right so I don't know if people are familiar with the Valley it's like a massive car park in front of the shopping centre um, and there's like a parade part down the middle that people walk up and there was just a, an elderly man um, who seemed very with it personally and it, it, like he didn't seem like he w- had difficulties with anything and was just urinating in the car park so I thought that was something that you shouldn't really be doing at that no, age you should know better as it happens yesterday I left I, I went into to Sam's Barber and on, um, on, on the Drury Court I can't remember what it is um, is the keys? no there's one in Ormond Key and then there's, there's two one, yeah. okay there's actually three of them there's, a, there's another one somewhere else but anyway well, I Dame go- Lane Dame Lane actually is where I was. I was on Dame. I was in the one in Dame Lane, and I had just got a fabulous haircut for my for my for my fabulous hair 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 culture, and um, I was walking in that little alleyway that kind of goes off onto Dame Street, mm-hmm. and when I turned the corner, there was a youth uh, who must have been a teenager, just sort of propped in the little corner having a piss, and he like turned around. Obviously, as soon as he heard me enter the alleyway, and kind of stared at me. And then just like stared at me as I walked down. And then I, then I was like, as I was walking, I kind of was like, am I supposed to, should I, should I have gone a different way? Should I not have? Should, and then I but, felt really weird because I was like. Were you disturbing him and was he no, inviting? No. When he turned around? No, he, he kind of, he, he, he was having a piss and he turned around and he looked at me 
And then he just sort of continued to look at me as I walked down the alley past him. As if you had just walked into his bathroom. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Sorry, as if, okay. As if, as if I had like literally just, you know, opened the door and come into the bathroom while he was... Well, that gentleman was pretty much the same today. He didn't care. And like there's, there's actively children around. It's quite an open area. Stop pissing in public, man. Absolutely. This is... Yeah, just, if you have to, you have to go. Well, yeah. That's only one thing. That's <laughs> 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 And the other one. He's drinking so much water these days. You know? yeah. <laughs> Fit fam. <laughs> so we are joined today by a super fan and champion in her own right of equal rights. Uh, so it's Nolan O'Hagan. Nolan, you're very welcome. Oh, Hi, thank you, lads. <laughs> Thank you. So Nolan's here to give us um, an insight into, I suppose, gay parenting, having reared our own fabulous James, who's in the room as well. Did a great job. You did, (laughs) absolutely. Questionable, but you know. (laughs) (laughs) So Nolan, I suppose where I'm going to start from is um, just your own attitude or awareness of gay people when you were growing up um, in in Ireland of yesteryear. Sort of 50s, 60s, 70s, Yeah. yeah. Well, there was no awareness of gay people. Okay. As far as I was concerned, I never heard of gay people. It wasn't until maybe the start of the, the... Actually, my first awareness of gay people came when I'm involved a lot politically. Yes. And I was doing collections in a place in Dublin called Bartley Dawns. Oh, yeah, it yeah. It used to be in Dublin. Wow. And I remember there were a lot of men in it. Yeah. And um, a lad in there asked me to take off a ring from his finger because he, he said his uh, the ring was stuck on his finger and it was very tight and he said my hands were very cold and would I take the ring off? So it wasn't until after that that... You realised why he was... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. realised that. But there was no... At that time, society this, was. this was society. It was a very, very rigid society. There was three pillars, sort of. There was toxic masculinity. Yeah. There was toxic femininity and then there was the church yeah so gradually and they were all together yeah but gradually and anyone outside of that was outliers yeah on either side but gradually they have moved now to the outside and everyone else is in the middle which is really good which is really really good Hmm. because i remember being aware the the, when was it declan flynn yes was killed in fairview nobody knew anything about understood why he had been killed it wasn't until afterwards when after the trial then people became aware that there are this subset of people that there is gay so it was really it was after that so when James was born very very soon after James well when James was about five I'd say um, he always he always played with dolls and things like that plays with Natalie and um, I didn't think anything really strange about it because I myself, when I was growing up, I was a tomboy. I had my own pellet gun when I was nine. I had a reasonably good shot. (laughs) (laughs) And I always got guns and things at Christmas. So therefore, I was outside the box at that stage. And when I was, I worked on the farm all the time. And when when I got to 12 or 13, they they didn't want me working on the farm anymore. They and pushed I used you to, back yeah, into the farm. And I used to go to bed and I used to go to bed when I was about twelve and wish that I would wake up in the morning a boy. Okay. Yeah. So I and it wasn't a boy from the from lesbian point of view. It was a boy from opportunity. Okay. okay. Yeah, point yeah, of view. It wasn't yeah, because, sexuality. Yeah, it was the lads were able to do all this stuff that girls weren't. Right. Yeah. Okay. So therefore the so when when I saw James I paid no heed because that was there was no programming for wanting to be like that. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know. So he played with dolls. I used to come under a bit of pressure from um some people used to say you should discourage all that because that's going to and yeah. I, actually I remember a neighbour of ours, a very weird woman, <laughs> she she suggested that we always sew up the pockets of the boys' children or the boys' trousers because children play with themselves and this is four and five year old children Jesus so this can show wow. you how toxic the whole city was the and whole I suppose, place like, was if this is when James like James you're only what 36 37 yeah. now yeah like god 37 years ago you don't think the world is like that at all oh absolutely no. like that absolutely it's, it's very hard to describe from now looking back yeah. how bad it was it was really really bad and when he when the first time I realised James 
there was something like this was when James wanted, um, was it a tea set or a Sylvanian family yes. stuff yes, like yeah, that yeah. for Christmas? Spoke about that once. <laughs> I've, I've, I've brought it up. I've <laughs> really, I've mentioned it. the Sylvanian families yeah. still getting treatment, but um, the <laughs> 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 yeah. um, I didn't. I still have. I'm still. I might be getting treatment, but I haven't yet got any Sylvanian families. So oh, um, I think that's oh, all. that's very bad. But um, the Sylvanian families, uh, fr- people thought that we shouldn't. Give them anything that like that because behavior. that is cur- encouraging that type of behavior. And if you think about it, if you think of the pillars of society at that time, were so against it. Yeah. But you can see that maybe some of people's people's worry about it was more to do with actually. Yeah. Well, that's I think quite. It came maybe from yeah. a point of. Well, that's I suppose from from your point of view when you were growing up, you were kind of like, well, just let the person be who they want to be and let them just do what they want to do. But then mm-hmm. as you get a bit older, identifying yourself as someone who's different. Or allowing someone to identify themselves as someone who's different can be kind of dangerous for that person. So That's if you're true. if you're someone who loves that person, you kind of are like, no, get into this safe space where you belong. Like, don't don't sort of don't don't show yourself as being different because people will give you a hard time. Um, Absolutely. And yeah. then I suppose with my politics, um, we I always was sort of against the wind with my politics as well. Sure. Yeah. So therefore, when James came out, it didn't. There was nothing. There was no big deal about that. Yeah, yeah, Whereas other people who feel the need to fit in yes. would yeah. find that extremely difficult. Because I, in, in the course of my life, I've noticed that people parent children in various ways. The people who want to actually be be totally conform, yes. yeah. see their children as reflections of themselves. themselves absolutely. Whereas we saw, I saw my children as whatever they grew up as. And yeah. would that be, I suppose taken from your earlier story about you wanting to be sort of more on the farm and stuff when you were 12, 13 is that why you championed that for your own children because you didn't absolutely. have it yourself yeah. absolutely so I suppose that was I think what do you call that vicarious sort of yeah, I yeah very much so and, and, yeah. and that's, I mean that's one of the things like I always say one of the the, the from having Nolene as, as my mother being, being lucky enough to have Nolene as my mother one of the things that I have always had is just an absolute sort of an absolute certainty in, in in who I am and what I've been through like you know with my confidence and stuff from like you know maybe you know perhaps kind of when I when I was like to myself and I did end up getting kind of like into I was bullied or whatever like that I, you know you do lose that self you do lose a bit or so I went through hard times as a result of it but ultimately I'm so certain in who I am and so confident in who I am and that's because there was always an encouragement to do that so it was like you know I remember um God, there was like it was like Italian ninety was on, and there was a barbecue up in 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 my uncle's house, and uh, I, like I, we were kind of like getting ready to go, and this was like the sweltering heat of of of, of, of Italian ninety, and uh, I had decided that I wanted to wear, and I don't even know where it's in. There was like a, it was a, it, I think it was a blouse you must have owned, but it was like sort of a it was like a like a beautiful <laughs> silky kind of like autumnal coloured uh, sort of browns and goldens uh, uh, sort of thing, and then I had a pair of like corduroy flares um, and my school shoes, and I was like, well, this is the outfit, this is what That's I'm what wearing, wear, yeah. and like kind of a lot of other parents would been like, no, don't you know you you know kind of you know here's the shorts and a t-shirt you know whatever uh, but instead it was kind of like oh you know go on yeah absolutely pick whatever you want to wear wear whatever you want to wear and so that then has built me into the sort of person who very much is you know I I, I live how I want to live I do what I want to do yeah. and yeah I, I don't worry so much about uh, about being part of a herd you know I'm, I'm happy enough to kind of I, I like to to, to express myself in the way I want to express myself yeah, I think... In Though you perhaps shouldn't have let me express myself by bringing that rabbit's foot to school. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <true>. <laughs> I think you might want to expand on that. <laughs> well, they were looking for um, p- pieces of nature to bring to school. <laughs> a nature table in, nature in primary school. <laughs> okay. And uh, okay. I had found a dead rabbit in the field and I cut off the foot because I thought it would be good for you know it's supposed to be a symbol of good luck so I gave it to James so it wasn't a simple 
No, 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 absolutely not. James, I hope no. you're not trying to use this episode of the podcast for counselling. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, yeah. but, but I think that what I, I think that's what was funny about that particular incident is that like I saw absolutely no, no. issue. Yes, like yeah. In, in in yeah, of course, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> it's a nature table. You know, here's a, a piece of a rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> Who took the most exception to it? The teacher? Uh, yeah, I would say it was because like the the kids would have been like, oh my god, that's so cool. Yeah, at the time uh, it would have been absolutely uh, like they're there's a bit of a dead animal here let's all have a look at it whereas the teacher was a bit like okay um, you know perhaps sacrificing the rabbit to the <laughs> yeah. evil god so I guess Nolene like when James was going to Italian 90 dressed in one of your blouses <laughs> would you have had a realisation though that he was gay or would, or to you was it that just him being him that was just him being him so it wasn't it wasn't a realisation no, that your son it, might be gay not re. I suppose it was a subconscious realization yeah. that maybe there was. Like I remember when he was about four or five, and he always played with girls. Yes, yeah. So the so his whole retinue of friends were all girls, and I remember your seventh birthday party. There were only girls at it, okay, with the exception of one or two cousins. Yeah, and at and then as school goes on and children develop. They, they split apart into boys and girls. Yes. And at that, after the party, like the years after the party, you would have separated from the girls. And I'd say that is the, still the case today because that's a natural break between well, girls and boys. Well, I suppose I was boys. a little bit different. So I went to an all boys primary school. So all of my, all my friends in primary school were all boys with the exception of girl cousins who would okay. have been close by. And then I went um, to a, me- a mixed secondary school and then it was the total opposite. So I basically lost all my boyfriends from... Uh, primary school and then became friends all my circle with girls from secondary mm. school on but I think you went to an all boys secondary school yeah so I, I went to a um, I went to but also we, we moved and I think that like you know yeah. for, for children moving in school is, is, is always going to be disruptive but so I yeah I, I had been um, I had been in school in Malide before we moved up to before we moved up to to, to, to here and um in, at that point, I did have like I would have had like a, a you know a lot of girlfriends, but at that for the last year or two that I was in Malahide, like last year as in Malahide, there that sort of split had happened where kind of like the girls were one way and then I was a little bit kind of adrift, didn't really know where where I was going, and then we moved up to to Gormiston, I suppose. I went as someone who kind of would have been very expressive as exactly as who I was and maybe came from a, a slightly more progressive environment uh, into it somewhere which would have been very small town, very local, very kind of, sure, you know, yeah. that sort of thing. So when I went in there, I suppose it, it was the beginning of a process of sort of probably... Yeah, it was bad. Yeah, depression and anxiety and, and just sort of... Uh, and it really, realistically, from from when I was maybe around ten until maybe I was probably even twenty, to be fair, mm. like that, that ten year period, the entire secondary school experience, like I, I like I feel like I was just like a blank sheet of paper. I had no personality. I had nothing to me. I was just sort of drifting along, kind of dead eyed, because I was just like so sort of numb. Uh, around kind of but a, a lot of it was sort of like confusion around who I was and conf- trying to figure out who I was then there was sort of the fact that yeah so I, I went to this I moved into this primary school as I was bullied by this particular group of people who then all went to the same secondary school as me Okay, uh, I was sent to a secondary school that probably didn't suit me so much um, mm-hmm. just because I mean, decisions that are made for children are often made kind of because, like, like, you know, well, like, you know, it's a good school, it's got a good reputation, it's going to be good for you in the long run, that kind of thing. Absolutely, um, yeah. So, and yeah, and so then I, I don't know. I suppose I never quite, I never quite found my my group of people in that school. You know, I, I sort of hang around with a bit of a motley crew of of sort of weirdos <laughs> until until I was in until I was maybe in fourth year when I was in fourth year I remember you you sort of were really like you you figured out that you needed to do something and you went and found opportunities for me to to, yeah, to, to for drama yeah okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then sort of insisted like really insisted that I actually go and then that's where I started kind of to find myself again so yeah. it was through doing that okay um, mm. As you're being pushed, I remember you drove me up to yeah, and forced him in the door. Well, that's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and and I this egomaniac narcissist that says, Where are you now? I was born, TV star. TV star. Thanks for that, Nolly. Yeah. Star on the rise. Um, where did you say it was you were in school before, Gormson? Uh, in Malahide. Sorry, how who are you? At Malahide. How are you spelling that? Um, I'm the correct way M A L A. 
Oh. H-I-T-E. That's not how you pronounce it. Okay. Yes, it is. You know, actually, this is a funny thing because uh, I, so for years and years and years and years and years and years, I have been getting a lot of kind of eye rolling and people challenging me on the pronunciation of the word mollied. And I had always been like, well, my mother is a native from Malahide and she, her family has lived there for generations and they call it Malahide and that is what it is, Malahide and it is Malahide and that is all there is to it. And so I, I've had full-on arguments with people where I'm like, you, you, th- you're saying this Malahide, Malahide doesn't exist. It's Malahide. That's what they, that's what they call it. That's what the locals call it. Um, and then it was only maybe a year or two ago I realized when I was talking to one of my aunts and one of my cousins that they both said Malahide, and that that I was like, oh, actually, perhaps, just perhaps, <laughs> we've we've been we've been adding a bit of flair. <laughs> We've no, been, so no, no. Where, where are you from originally? Uh, Malahide. Yeah, there's the flair the in there as well. Mm-hmm. Now I know where you get it from, John. Yeah. Probably from my mother. Yeah. yeah, well, this is it. There you go. From mother to son to mother to mother to son. She must have been a lady. Yeah. But I suppose those tough times that James had in secondary school, um, he obviously would have experienced a lot of homophobia. The, and do I, you have any recollections of any... I do. After he came out, which wasn't didn't come as any surprise to us at that yeah. stage. There was no surprise. Mm. It was very similar to yourself. It yeah. was, it was, it was a, it's a very was, easy conversation. Yeah, it was nothing, yeah. yeah. Um, we started getting phone calls okay. to the house from people saying that he was a paedophile. Wow. Which was, which was very alarming because yeah. it's um, like you think there's something very intimate. When somebody comes out, your son, you think it's a very intimate mm. Yes, of course, thing. yeah. And then when you find that there's these other people. Yeah, and it, it is weird because I, I have suspicions about who I believe those phone calls may have been from. But I don't like know for certain. And I don't even know how they would have known because I had been quite... Like I had no, been. I don't know how. It, and it was it was kind it was very alarming because it was around the time that the bulk of the stuff was coming out about the church. Of course, yeah. So it was yeah. all it was very unpleasant and nasty. Yeah, and yeah. I suppose at that time when somebody mentioned a, a paedophile, obviously the stories that they were coming out of the, the church, there was probably there was horrific paedophilia. But oh, what your horrific. son was, yeah. or it, it was yeah. absolutely yeah. nothing to do with that. It, yeah. was, it was a horrible thing to do. But then. Um, when at the time James came out, you you had cousins, you had yeah. a cousin who was gay and knew it and yeah. couldn't come out. Yeah. So I was talking to somebody there not so long ago who was held back from coming out sure. by her mother. Like we think it's over and it isn't. Yeah. 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 There, well, I mean, there's still yeah. friends of ours. Um, there was a friend of mine that I had a conversation with Friday night whose mother knows he's gay, and his father doesn't know he's gay. And, and the reason his father doesn't know is because his father's elderly and he's he's unwell, but. I don't know whether that's a thing people should be holding back from someone just I because of age. I don't think so. No. I think that in, in one particular instance I heard of, the mother was the gatekeeper. Yeah. Okay. Because the mother was deciding that the father wouldn't know. Yes. Yeah. And when the father did find out, he was completely happy with it. He Which is funny, in my, in my coming out story, um, I asked my mother to tell my father. and Because my father would have been... Very much his mindset, like my father was born in the 50s, so he would have, his father as well, they would have been taught that uh, people that are gay aren't the same as everybody else in society. That's how he was reared by his own father. Um, If anything gay came on the TV when we were kids, it was turned off and we were told very much that it's wrong and and stuff like that. Mm. Not in a direct way, but Mm. my father would have made it very well known. Um, but like that I tried to put it onto my mother to tell him and she was like absolutely not we'll do it together and she led me down the stairs and I'd done it and like that my father was fantastic and yeah. he, it, mm. it was never a better coming out story than that Yeah, uh, he had no issues whatsoever with it yeah. Yeah. Um, but I suppose yeah credit where credit's due with, with certain people like that you think they're quite homophobic and I would have said my father was homophobic and when I came out he wasn't at all yeah. yeah, I think a lot of people when they're, they're faced with it, when it's when personal. Yeah, with the family. And I think to do, it depends on where you are on the spectrum yourself yeah. as a person. That's true. If you're on a spectrum yourself where you just respect other people, it, it, your children will know that yeah. you respect yeah. other people and there's no worries about it. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas if you're on this particular person, I, I knew another person 
who their their father put them out of the house. Yeah. Like, and they're not 100 years ago. And yeah. they're not 50 years ago. They're within the last 10 years. Yeah. yeah. So you have to say that what has been gained over the last 20 or 30 years, you could lose it again. And that's what I'm always afraid of. Yeah, absolutely. That is it's bad. something I never yeah. think about, only yeah. so you've said it now that we yeah. could lose it. You lot. could lose it. Yeah. Because there was a great gay scene in Berlin. Yeah, before, before the war. Before the war. There was a great gay scene in Paris before the First World War. Yeah. So I think we should always... Be aware that things can... That can things can back. change. And the conversations move to different things. So, you know, the... The, at the moment so the gay and sexuality was a huge discussion point for the last however many years and, and it was like the main focus of the vitriol that the small minded people were, were dishing out in the last couple of years that's moved to gender so now it's transgender people who are getting that sort of that sort of thing so you have to be aware that yeah we, we're out of the spotlight now to a degree or less so with, like there's other people in our same community who are who, who are still getting, under feeling that heat. Absolutely. Yeah, um, so absolutely. yeah, and it's important to remember that, um, to remember our, like the, to remember our, our duty to, to those other people in our community. Absolutely. No, I'd agree. Um, activism. Yeah. And what's, there's a beautiful quote that, uh, oh, I love that quote. I absolutely <laughs> love it. Um, so it's activism is the rent I pay for living on the planet. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah. yeah. I can't, yeah. I can't even remember who it was. She just, she mentioned just it. just was Lisa. She was Lisa. <laughs> was Lisa. But, uh, you're something of an activist, I suppose, yourself. I am. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I am. Um, yeah. And I suppose around marriage equality and stuff like that, you would have been quite heavily involved in canvassing we, and stuff. Yeah, we did. I, I actually felt, I found that very, very um, annoying, to be honest. Okay. Because I thought it was shocking to have to go door to door looking for rights. Yeah. Um, I've, I, I have to say, if, if, if red-haired people weren't allowed to get married, yeah, it would be shocking to have to go door to door and say, "Would you allow red-haired fab- people way of putting it. to yeah. get married?" Because Something that so would be just ludicrous. Yeah, Bizarre, and yeah. that's what I had. That that was a big issue. I, I I always felt there should have been a different way of doing yeah. it. Without what would have happened if it if people hadn't. Well, I suppose, yeah. like, I was quite comfortable. And then towards towards the end of marriage, the marriage equality campaign, I, like, started panicking because people yeah. were showing in polls that it was dipping yeah. and stuff like that. And we were trying to force people out. So, yeah, it would have been a different world. Oh, completely. I mean, I, I had, like, no joking, I had conversations about it. I was going to emigrate if, if, it, if it had gone the other direction. Because I was like, I can't live in a country where there's been such a absolute stamp of yeah. the thing was if it had gone the other way someone would have challenged that in the um the, the challenges in the the human or the eu courts of human rights would have carried on and there would have been other mechanisms to bring it in but it wouldn't have had the no same, it wouldn't have been the same it wouldn't have been the same cultural moment and it would have always been stained then like when gay marriage equality did eventually come in here it would have been stained with the fact that this isn't the will of the people and it would have given a lot of ammunition to people uh, in the, yeah, whereas in the referendum gave, and uh, thank God all the stuff came out about the church and everything because people who might never have voted yeah. went yeah. out to give the church a kick in the teeth. Well, actually, yeah. no, yeah. that's, and yeah, yeah I, I agree with you there that it was certainly people the same, but I had an issue with the church were saying, absolutely, yeah. we're standing up. And we're Though I suppose one of the most wonderful things we saw when we were canvassing is we were down canvassing in the Nall, a village down here, rural village down here. And the last house we knocked on, was it? Yeah. Um, a, a man opened the door and there was a, a, a little fellow with special needs with him. Do you remember a guy with Down syndrome with him? Yeah. And the, guy, the little fellow with Down syndrome came to the door and I said what we were doing. And he said, oh, we're all voting yes. Yeah. Fabulous. And I just said, what a fabulous way to finish. Yeah, yeah. it was really it? nice. Yeah, yeah, it was really, really nice. But that's the, the thing about the canvassing during that. Um, I didn't do as much of it as I would have liked to. I, I wish I had gone out and done more um, because it was overwhelmingly positive. It was overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly positive. positive. You got a few, like I had, um, there was one of the nights I went out around um, Griffith Avenue Really, the Griffith Avenue, that that area, probably had more. Was a Bal, so I I canvassed around Balbriggan, Nalls, the Mullen, out mm. around here where I live, and I would say that it was almost entirely yes. Like you were even like you were like you were actually having to pass by houses where they would have the like the yes, yes I'm voting yes stickers yeah. in the window, mm-hmm. and you'd still maybe knock on those doors. Well, make sure you actually go out and vote. But I find like the Griffith Avenue area. I think an older generation lived there, and I like remember I 
didn't get as much of the negative stuff that some of the other friends of mine got. Like people like got literally like obviously people were had been waiting like for their opportunity to shout at someone about this. Uh, I had a, a door slammed in my face by like an old woman. It had taken her about two and a half hours to get to <laughs> I'd see, I'd seen her in her sofa and it took her about two and a half hours to get her on. I was like, God. And she just she opened the door and it was just after that letter had come out from the um from the archbishop or the archdiocese or wherever it was to be kind of like, oh you know, remember remember the importance of things. And she just looked at me and was like, the Pope's letter and slammed the door. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like and then I was like and then it probably took her another half an hour to get back yeah. to the season. I was like God that's a win yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no but I suppose I had an overwhelming look I, I canvassed very very little in, in at home in Wicklow um, and like that like overwhelmingly positive but still I had only one negative and the negative was the only one I really remember I don't really remember the positives yes me yeah. too so there was yeah. a person that just told me not to cross into their garden they just literally stood at their front door and said do not cross here and even that even though in, in itself it's not a negative it, to me it was a massive no oh yeah because it, the the whole don't pass my threshold. the whole um the, the whole marriage equality the whole marriage equality conversation wasn't about marriage equality absolutely it was about like where do we stand in society it yeah. was about like are we a society that accepts gay are, are gay, it was essentially us asking you know are you cool with us yeah yeah and so like you know yeah it's great like there was 60 odd percent 66 percent of people came out and voted yes and you know but at the same time that's like when you do flip it around, it's like, well, that's a third of the country who are still like, yours. Huh? you don't No, that, that would the be the, the, four, the, the percentage of people then who went out and voted for Peter Casey. Yes, <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it really is. Absolutely, yeah. that's a fair point. They would have been his electorate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, But still, I suppose there's no other way of doing those things, but plebiscite. Yeah. But it did seem, that, that was the only thing that you, I remember yeah. I used to say that to you at the time, you used to be really annoyed yeah. about the fact that you're going door to door. Oh, completely. Yeah. Right. No, absolutely. Yeah. The fact that you did it though was fantastic. There's yeah. not many mothers of gay children that would have done that. My my mother didn't do it and probably wouldn't have done it. Like absolutely, mm. she voted yes, but yeah. she wouldn't have actually done what you done and could have bought well, your Well, I suppose I, I suppose I've always gone out. No that's, that's way, we won't pay. No, no way. Nolan is single handedly responsible for, for all of our uh, our refunds from my report. Thank you. Yeah, well, I suppose I was always surprised to hear from from other people yeah. the way they treated their children when they came out. We had, there was, and I think the country, I used to think the country was worse, but I don't know now. Because there was a lad who used to, who, do you remember, there was a, there was a gay guy you know, mm. and I remember his mother stopped me in the street hmm. and said that it was James's fault that but her son was, was grey. Yeah, yeah wow. it was his fault. James was at fault. Yeah. God. That's incredible. Yeah, that's do you still know this person? Um, I well, I know him. I, I he he's not in my circle. Like I don't see him or, or talk. And to would him he be an or, out individual? Um, he he's a person. He he had quite a a sad. Like, he he came mm-hmm. from quite a I suppose a disrupted home and had quite a negative. We're talking uh, deliverance here. Yeah. Yeah. Carry on. Yeah. yeah. And go on, James. Tell us how did you corrupt him? <laughs> I he tried to corrupt me. The <laughs> there's, there's there's stories I can tell when the when the uh, when the that's the worst I ever got up to as a teenager. Jesus, I, I can tell you other stories about uh, about him maybe later on, but maybe not so appropriate for the. Okay. Well, in fact, we're not naming any names. Uh, he he um, he had been. There had been an issue where a family member had been sort of had, had molested him, and he uh, brought this to the attention of the family. And the family were very much like, "No, you're you're you're, wow. you're wrong," and they rejected him. And then he had um, kind of gone off the rails. He got into a relationship with the when he was maybe sort of seventeen, eighteen, got into a relationship with a much much older man, um, which became complicated because that man was married, and and wow. he he was a very, I suppose. He, he didn't know how to handle his emotions. I remember one particular incident where himself and the the guy, the older man that he was he was seeing were um were driving together and they were having this massive argument and as part of the argument, uh the the, the guy I, I knew like grabbed the steering wheel and yanked it and the the, the, the Jeep they were in ended up like spinning off the road. Oh, fuck. And they almost like they almost were killed and then he your man obviously broke up with him and then he went up to Dublin and, and kind of got involved in, in very rough and, and wrong clouds. And I remember, so this would have been kind of like when I was just going to college. And as I said, I didn't do a huge amount of going out in the gay scene when I was in college. I kind of was 
always not quite sure of, of a way into it. Mm-hmm. And I remember he invited me out one night and we went to a place called Inn on the Liffey. Oh, okay. Which, oh going which, on and doing it. Yeah. 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 Um, was, no, so at that stage, so Inn on the Liffey was the name of the thing, but at that stage there was a bar called Out on the Liffey, which, yes, was, yeah, yeah. which was part of it. And he like introduced me to this person he was seeing who was a, a pimp and I don't know whether wow. or he he presented himself to me as if he was and he was kind of you know telling me about all these boys he had and stuff and I was just and I and it's weird for me because like that's in a way one of the first experiences of the gay scene I had and I was like oh it's every bit as seedy and disgusting <laughs> exactly as, as yeah. people yeah. <laughs> would lead you to believe um, and it you know kind of I, I at that stage I was like there's nothing really I like I kind of was like we're on different paths now like the, the, and I suppose like you know we had never really been like close friends no, we, we, true, we, true, true. we were kind of people who would have like known each other been from the same community probably would have been tied together because there was always that something a bit different about us yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah so I just I I don't know where he's gone or what he's done now or where, where, he, where he is um, I understand he's like working away somewhere and he's, he's like he's not in any terrible trouble but I think he obviously had a very hard life and a very hard and his well, mother blamed you yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly yeah yeah well as I was talking about um, that particular mother blaming him have, have people ever come to you actually for advice on what to do as a gay parent, if they generally, spot. it's not the parents. The parents have never. In fact, people whose children were gay, who I had a kind of suspicion might be, yes, would say to me, "Well, how do you cope with it?" Yes, like, like as if so, as it, he from has a some sort of a disease. A, a yeah, how do you cope? And then. Children. Like of all the things Dad. that are wrong with him, yeah. <laughs> being gay is <and> stuff. <laughs> he can't outdo that. But um, I have had um, younger people come to me to, so to tell me. I suppose yeah. you, um, because I suppose we, when when I was younger, we had a, a riding school um, uh, for like a, an equestrian centre. We had an equestrian <laughs> centre on this podcast. Riding school. We 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 ran an equestrian centre, and there would have been, I suppose, for that like five to ten during that very formative period of of people's lives from when they would have been like. You know, eight to sort of 15 there was people like coming to us for like five or six years for lessons and people would have known me and that I was gay and they would have known Nolene and obviously seen like our relationship yeah. I suppose and gay was natural in it yes. it was no big deal there was no don't talk yeah. about this or don't ever mention that I would say this is James and I'm like, oh James is gay yeah and so everybody took it as normal yeah. so then I found the children who were gay or felt they were gay themselves would come and talk to me and they say, oh, how will I tell my mother? How will I do this? How will yeah. I do that? Yeah. And it's it's hard to imagine that people can be so alone that they don't have anybody yeah, to speak to, yeah. that they will come to basically the owner of a riding school and say... Yeah, but you're obviously putting yourself out there as being that really cool mum that was okay with it. And then, yeah, I was going to say, you know, people are always looking for advice and you're standing there as somebody who has it. Yeah, yeah. So I did hear some and and people's experience is 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 often we did know someone else who was related to us, who the the son was gay and he was living in Canada and he had he told his mother but his mother said that nobody was to know about this right yeah he was the same age as you yeah he's yeah and um they went to visit him in canada and he had moved in with his boyfriend okay and the mother decided had they they had the younger sister and the mother said that the younger sister had to be sent home wow couldn't stay in canada where he was living with his boyfriend and this isn't this is what no I mean this is only a few years ago yeah this is a couple years ago I mean now obviously and now obviously like the marriage equality referendum came around we had a big conversation about it it's all like you know there was all like celebrations and like that part of the family Mm. now is, is much more accepting of of the but I have to think if I was that gay person I would, I would register in the back of your mind. Yeah, yeah that's a very <laughs> important thing. Yeah. Because yeah. essentially, they had to wait. The mother had to wait until it was acceptable in the country the to the country. be okay well with said. her own son. That's well so. said. Well yeah, said. Exactly. That's exactly what. You'd had never to let that go. You'd never. You'd, no, you'd, no, you'd, you'd never let that. Go. And that's where I, where I'd say about there was these pillars in Irish society yeah. where people would wait to see, is it okay now to do it? Rather than whereas we were sort of more like people who did what we wanted. Yeah. We didn't wait. 
yeah. for other people to tell us. Well, like a champion to think. of equal rights, it seems, yeah. even from so the, even from a young age. We, we look at you, James. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I couldn't be happier. <laughs> well, maybe if I got some Sylvania families. <laughs> <laughs> Which actually leads perfectly on to my next question. How is your relationship with James? Oh, it's great. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. 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 Well, um, we haven't got a mother-son relationship anymore. No, we, it's... We're it's, very... We're friends. Very, yeah, no, definitely. We're there's, friends. There's if, if anything happens and I need... A bit of, or if I go yeah. off the track, my prices are very reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just one set of Sylvanian families. That's all. <laughs> yeah. And generally, the conversation, like it's generally, listen, Nola, and that's you know, yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. Gen- and I, somehow it has flipped the other way around. Yeah, that I like James is the one who comes and says, no, don't do this or don't do that, or you know how yeah. he's so in control of everything. Well, I was going to say, uh, and I mean, like, I mean, as we've said from previous podcasts, <laughs> if you do need advice, you should probably ask me and, and Stephen yes, because James right. would be <laughs> <a> terrible advice. <laughs> I found that. <laughs> so subconsciously, we'll be telling yeah. you what to do <laughs> through our podcast going this forward. Is, yeah. <laughs> but James, I suppose, has your relationship changed with your mom? Has it has it gone to that place where you're? it's not mother and son anymore that it's oh no absolutely yeah no absolutely like it's um we were always from when i was a child we were always extremely close extremely extremely close and you know when you get into your teens you're always railing against something so we had like you know, mm. we 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 haven't we we're, we haven't had the Gilmore Girls style of of, of like sure. mother daughter where there was like you know plain sailing like there was definitely times where I was like a obnoxious wanker as a teenager I and where that. I would yeah it was small yeah <laughs> <laughs> I love how this is just a green yeah and where I suppose like when I was trying to you know figure out who I was and be myself and like where I wanted to kind of push away out on my own and I suppose like I would have always been quite independent and I, I went off and I kind of figured all that out and I was able to come back and we were able to click into just That's like right, yeah. a very mm-hmm. mature relationship where like there, there isn't that it, it, yeah it, it doesn't feel like a kind of like that there's a no, particular kind of like oh mother son it's just like very much like you're someone I love talking to I love hanging out with we always have such a laugh when we're together so it does go into that kind of uh, that kind of box did you um well let's face it teenagers are always assholes and they're self-absorbed but like Mm. did you always know how well you had it in terms of how accepting Nona's was and seeing other cousins (laughs) testing you um i suppose um or did your teenager asshole take over to an extent i think i always knew how lucky i had it i always knew how lucky i had it but i think that that then gave me permission to be an even worse teenage wanker and see how far i could push it yeah you know what I mean? Can I agree with that? <laughs> yeah, of course. You can say whatever you like. Where's that shape? We're not going to take this side. You have an open microphone. Go ahead. Give us your Absolutely. best. Absolutely. We did. We did have a lot of pushing out of boundaries all yeah, 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 yeah. But I think it's... So we... Uh, obviously, we live in the, in, in, in quite quite deep in the, the, the middle of... of, of it's weird because we live like very deep in the middle of the country, but also are very, very close to to, to sort of Dublin and and and, and other towns. Um, That's but, debatable. But it meant <laughs> <laughs> just because Google Maps brought you on like a weird tangent when yeah. you. <laughs> uh, but so I suppose we, me and my brother, would have had quite a you you would have facilitated quite a sheltered life for us, and that we we never really kind of went out mad or I think until like we were eight, until I was like eighteen. So it's very much like you. I wasn't allowed out at night going to any discos or anything like that. I wasn't allowed to be kind of like having like a, mm. a mad social life until I was eighteen, and then I was just like your hand of the keys to the house, and it's like off you go, free reign, free yeah. reign. Well, I I'd have to say that I th- I used to think he was a paragon of virtue. I really did until I realised he went the he went to Gormanston where there were borders. Yeah. And they all used, he, James and Patrick lived in the loft. We converted the loft for them to live in. It was a kind of like a... It was a little apartment. Little apartment. I've and talked about it before. How, how, I, how, I moved, how I moved out. So yeah, it was thrown out. Yeah. But uh, they used to, they, I discovered years afterwards that they used to be over there drinking. <sighs> oh. Underage, absolutely. No, that would have, that would have been actually. Right, I would have been seventeen. You're yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shocking. Yeah. Shocking. Terrible Shocking. behavior. Terrible and I never behavior. knew that. I thought that they were over there with their lemonade and crisps. Yeah. <laughs> well, some of the time we were, and and that it was someone else who was lighting the fires in the quarry and drinking the beer. No, we I didn't. We that. only did. We only did that one time. That was <laughs> other people. You know, because that was a well. well so once. It, 
There was there was a there was a where the quicksand is. Yeah, I I was telling I was we we've talked about quicksand uh, previously and um and pulling people out of jeep pulling people out with the jeep. Yeah, exactly. So it is. Nolan's confirmed it now, Martin. It's 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 an active issue, Martin. You need to get into it. Crazy. Keep yourself awake at night worrying about quicksand. (laughs) (laughs) But no, we uh, that uh, there was a um up the 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 back of our um the back of our place there's like a a well-worn path for the the students from Gormanston over to the over to the quarry and people would go in there and they would drink and they'd light fires and they'd have like little parties and stuff and we we, I only I think twice we I did that Uh, once with guys from over there and then once with my friends from once well no because I was I was I I was thinking I was thinking once with the guys from Gormanston but then I did another we did a Halloween party with my friends from from Drada in there um when I was I'm probably too drunk to remember the other times this is it yeah Mm. Yeah. made some bad decisions (laughs) on Malibu and Blackcurrant oh Jesus (laughs) God God oh Um, like my mother is what 65 now there's friends of hers when she was a kid that went off to um, England and they just stayed there like who are married now to men um, that would have been friends of her but like that they were just told they had to go to the UK Mm. They weren't allowed to be That was terrible. It was a terrible time. It was very rigid. It was a terrible time. Yeah. And when you think, like, you couldn't get contraception. And these people, like, I thought the toxic femininity was as bad as the yeah, toxic masculinity. Yeah. Which doesn't get a lot of mention. Doesn't. No, at all. Because right. you do get the toxic masculinity. is talked about all the time. All the time, yeah. You yeah. do, yeah. The, the, the femininity was just as bad. Yeah, it was yeah. worse. Yeah. Because children were left with nowhere to go. If your mother was like that, I think you just... Yeah, I don't know. Well, no, I came from a very religious family myself. My father, my mother was very religious, but my father couldn't give a damn. Okay. Yeah. And that saved so you're, us. Did you act? Yeah, I was going to say that did save that you. Save that saved us because I remember being sent down to something called, I think it was devotions or something like that in the church. And it was after you made your communion, which was terrible because when you made your communion, then you had to go to First Friday, which was at seven o'clock. And the morning of the first Friday, you had to go down and you couldn't eat the night before. Oh, so, Jesus, who was mad. So the teacher used to give us breakfast in school because we would come into school not having anything to eat from the wow. night before. My mother was a fanatic. And um, I just remember thinking to myself that, you know, I went to, we went to these devotions things and I was sitting there and there was all this smoky stuff. Incense, yeah. Incense, Incense, yeah. yeah. And I, I, I thought the smell of it was horrible and I just made a decision at eight <laughs> and I walked across the road and got the bus out of the church in Malhide. I just made, just got on the bus and went home and I went into the kitchen and my mom was there and dad was there and my mom said, oh my God, you know, you've left the church and everything. And I remember daddy said at that stage, look, go outside and play. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're doing better outside But that, I suppose, in, in a sense then, like... For him to have the balls at that age, like in that time, to do to mm. allow you to, yeah, they came that's... around once to collect money. Yeah, they, you you had to they collect money from the church and the the the, the my uncles came in. They were doing the collecting, yeah. and they said to dad, um, "What? How much money are you putting down? Yeah. How much money are you going to give?" And he said, "He said I have an exact figure. It's called nothing." <laughs> yeah, and like he was one of the first people. He said, "No." He said, "I'm not giving any money." And he remembered being very young in Dublin, yeah. and he saw children going barefoot to school. And yeah. he also remembers this thing: people used to have to fast on a Friday. Yeah, and you, the, the church had decided exactly how much food everyone needed every day. Yeah. And that was what you were allowed to have. And you couldn't have meat on a Friday. And these people would be going to the docks, unloading coal boats into sacks and coming, carrying them off the boats and coming home to eat an egg on a Friday evening for dinner. And daddy said that the annoying thing about it was that the priest was going home to a lump of salmon. Absolutely, yeah. 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 That they couldn't afford to buy because fish was very expensive uh, then. You're, you're, um, <coughs> I think you're, you, you've always been extremely um, negative about it. You were never in favour of the, the church, I think because of the power structure it represented yeah. and the way in which it tried to control people. Uh, and I very much took that up from you. Um, and I think one of the the first things that we ever kind of like one of the first like acts of of sort of defiance or activism I ever participated in was when me and you 
uh, got ourselves um, excommunicated. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so there was there was a uh, there was a loophole. I can't remember. I think it was Una Milani or maybe Roshi Chorta. One of those um, journalists was was writing about it at the time. It was just around the stuff. Was, was what's the, what was the tribunal called? The the one into the the, the child sexual abuse. There were so many of them going on. There was one about the there was the one there was the other one about the um, was it the the Man Tribunal or the Murphy Tribunal or the Man sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It was well, it was the, the tribunal into the. Um, the the child sexual abuse in, in the in the the state or the the child the, is it the, was it the religious order run schools anyway oh it was the, the, yeah yeah and I remember we had I had I must have been either just home, no it wasn't when I was just home from Canada I can't remember what it was maybe it was before I went to Canada I can't remember so it would have been like two thousand and five six seven I can't remember exactly that's right when. we left um I had um I had been, we'd been getting ourselves geared up listening to Joe Duffy so we used to listen to Joe Duffy because I was unemployed at the time I remember and there was a period of a couple of weeks where uh, I was at home here and we would it was it must have been 2008 or just after I got back but we were um, we would listen to Joe Duffy and get ourselves riled up we'd get the dogs we'd go up to Art Gillen and then we'd walk around and give out about uh, give out about about what we'd heard on the on, on Joe Duffy and give out what we'd heard on the radio and then you'd seen an article in the news that or, or in, in the newspaper about someone who had sort of requested that their baptism be revoked and there was this process that you had to go through and so both myself and and Nolene sent the letter into the Archbishop to say can you please cancel us off your baptism register we don't want to be counted towards your um, towards your numbers anymore and there was this whole big thing apparently the the purpose behind this actual mechanism was for inter for for people converting to another faith in order to marry into another faith so if uh, if say if if so in order to have Jewish children a woman has to be Jewish and in order to and, and she would have to become she would have to like go through the process of becoming a Jew and anyway you needed to get yourself excommunicated from your current faith before you. It was like it's like it's like sort of a bank account or you know something. You have to, like a phone contract. Cancelling an Equinox membership. Yeah, exactly. You have to cancel yeah. your Equinox membership um, and forget about Soul Cycle before you can uh, before you can sign up to whatever the new trendy gym is. That's that's not giving money to Donald Trump. But um, I remember us doing that and like we did of, that. and like writing the letters in, and we both got the letters back then from the Archbishop, and they were asking because like they had to offer to meet you. And they were kind of like, oh, can we like arrange a meeting with the two of, uh, can we re- can we arrange a meeting with you to like to discuss the reasons why you want to leave? And we were just like, no, there's no point. We we we, we know. Well, I suppose we just have to thank Snowden. Thank, thank you, you for joining in. Thank you. And for throwing open your doors to let us uh, record here as well. It's been a nice change in dynamic. It absolutely has, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. We kind of like this room now. This is this, 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 recording this, this here. We're going to do all our recordings now. No, but thanks for being a champion of equal rights. Yeah, and thank, thank you, you for thank speaking you. so frankly and honestly as well. Is there anything you, you want to talk about? Something, anything you feel you want to get off your chest? This is your opportunity. No, Speak to the nation. Cut your open mic now. Let's <laughs> go. <laughs> get, your, get your activism hat on again. <laughs> or you could kick out your gay son if you want. Yeah. <laughs> I've thought about it I now. could say what I actually thought about it. <laughs> and your Sylvanian family. <laughs> <laughs> So James, tell me, what are you coming for or living for this week? Uh, so I am, I mean, I've really only got two speeds when it comes to this and it's usually like memes or dating apps. So today we're doing dating apps <laughs> and I am coming for Tinder profiles and it's it's specifically Tinder or, or Bumble, like these matching apps mm-hmm. uh, where the person's bio is kind of like, oh, sure, shoot me a message and say hello. You never know what happens. It's like, but it's a matching app. You can't just like you can't shoot you a message. Like you, you know, you you have to have like you have to have matched where you can do that. Okay. So uh, well, no, I know what you're going to say. You're going to say, well, maybe you match and then you go in and read the profile. And most people don't read the profile before. They, but I do. Not even that. No. What I was going to say is, um, people that I match with saying, uh, you better send me a message or I'm going to unmatch you. So it's yeah, easy, like that's quite aggressive. Also, like, why is it my responsibility to send you a message? Exactly. I like. I kind of had decided in a. Um, I sort of had decided in like the etiquette that I was creating for myself around these things mm-hmm. because you know there isn't really one that exists. Is that it's the responsibility of the person who creates the match to send the first message. So, if I'm swiping. And I get a match on a person who has like obviously previously liked me, then I would feel that it was beholden on me to send the opening message if I'm going to send one. Or not I, beholden on me, but I that I would, would agree that I would. That. Well, that well, I, let me qualify that because 
kind of drifted out of it. Um, do you mean the most recent person to match or the first yes. person? No, no so, the, the the person, recent, so the person who causes the match to happen should, should be yeah. the person who sends the, the, the I would totally message. agree with you. Because um, I'm already at a thousand and I've probably speak to three people. <laughs> then money. Well, that's the thing. So then, matches and then. So then the uh, shoot me a message works. Because you've matched with them and they've already put. But they, what if they, what if they, what match if they with match me? with James rather than the other way around? And I've been all like, "Don't call me a phallus, Kelly Price, bitch! <laughs> How dare you? I'm an aggressive person. I hate you. Stop aggressive not messaging me." Well, yeah. <laughs> to that, from what I understand of Tinder, you're just doing it based on pictures anyway. You're not going to be reading the profiles. Oh, hell, you match. Sometimes. Am I wrong? Sometimes I would, read the, I'd read the profiles. Not ninety nine percent of the time, I wouldn't, but sometimes I would. Yeah, no, I suppose actually I can kind of same with same with other profiles, uh, other dating yeah. apps. I would never read the profile. I have a problem with just using the phrase "shoot me a message." I hate that phrase so much. Get a clue. <laughs> cop on, would you? <laughs> Throw a bottle of cop on. Uh, but I think that you. You let the shit get to you too much. Like, just relax. Oh, it's just the modern world, you know. Oh. I actually, I tooting, James. Tooting, good. I'm glad. Finally, I, we're on the same page. Finally, finally, we're also going to be on the same page with my uh, living for. Oh, what are you living for? I am living for your mother. Oh yeah. Oh, no, I mean, because uh, she is a super fan as it is, um, and I've always found her extremely um, conversational um, when I met her before. But obviously, after the interview today. It's solidified that. Excellent. And I've realised how much of a, an open, caring, kind, active person she is. Not active as in, I mean, she activism. Is, she is very active. And she a beacon for closeted goods. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. This is it. No, but she is, I think uh, champions need to be championed. Celebrated. Thank you. Mm-hmm. She's a champion. <laughs> oh, can we play that song? <laughs> yeah. You're going to sing over it and ruin it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> sorry, okay. I don't even know the words. Well, actually, the only person you should be doing. I don't even know what song you're talking about, sorry. Champion. RuPaul. RuPaul. Okay. It's an album called Champion. And a song called Champion. It was the season three winner song. Oh, okay. I didn't watch anyway, that. never mind. So. Nowler's is fabulous. Nowler's is fab. Don't, sh- don't shoot us a message. <laughs> but send us one. Send us a message. forget you can find us on instagram or facebook at big gay bucket list uh, and lastly you can email us to let us know what you think of the show to big at gmail.com if you like what you heard please spread the word and subscribe on itunes stitcher or spotify and please leave us a review for our super fan shout out Woo! yeah do that and thank you very much for listening uh thank you to steven for for his wonderful contributions and to, to my wonderful mother for for uh for, for speaking with us today and to martin for all of the producery work he has to do so much goes on behind the scenes as i now know um and thank you to you for listening <laughs> to, to the big, big gay, gay bucket, bucket list, list. <laughs>